Blog Talk Radio. Carol the Coach. Sex, love, and relationships. We talk about it here. Carol the Coach. Compassion with contemporary relevance. I am a psychotherapist. I can be your personal life coach and I can help you with your issues. There are no problems too small or too big. You can talk about anything. Speaker, columnist, radio TV host, and commentator. Carol the Coach brings messages of wellness and empowerment within reach of everyday people every day. Almost five years ago, I lost my soulmate in an accident. He was killed in a plane crash. Life just for me has seemed to stop. There are groups all over the city. I mean, I teach one. It is a specific way to start thinking so that you shift how you see the world, which then shifts your energy, and then you feel better and you actually see things differently. Carol the Coach, always available to at carolthecoach.com. Now I've got Russell on the line. I'm 47 years old. I'm a truck driver. I'm married. I have a wife in San Francisco. Okay. I haven't been home in six months. My thing is, I, I don't know if I have a sex addiction or what the problem is. Why do I want what I can't have? And as mm-hmm. soon as I can have it, I don't want it anymore. You're right on target when you say, I don't know if I have a sexual addiction. Well, guess what? Yes, you do. And you know what? That's my specialty, Russell. So you're at the right place. Continue. I meet women online and, and I'm in a different part of the country. I, I travel all 48 states, so I love sex. I hear self-esteem issues. You never felt good enough and you didn't feel like you were getting what you should have then. And you're re- enacting that now. Do you want to change that about yourself? You got to know, is that something you want for yourself? Do you want to change? Now, I know that you do because let's face it, you wouldn't be listening to the show. You're either somebody that has this compulsion and you want help or you're a partner and you want to figure out what you can do to be safe and reconnect and to have a loving relationship. Well, I've got a good guest on, I'm telling you. It was just so ironic how I met him. I was doing a workshop, I was giving a workshop in, was it Atlantis, Boyd? It was, it was up in Kennesaw, in, in, in the Atlanta, Georgia area, that's correct. That is right. So I'm up there and I'm doing this workshop and Boyd asked me, what, what do I do? And I say to him, Lloyd, I am a sex addiction therapist. And he goes, oh, my goodness, you're never going to believe this. I wrote a book on sex addiction. And so, of course, we got to talk, and we knew it was our higher power putting us together. Right, Floyd? This is true. <laughs> and so he just gets out his phone, whips out his Amazon book, and sends it to me immediately, and I said, this is too much fun. Would you consider being on my podcast? And then Floyd says, well, absolutely. As a matter of fact, I do a podcast. And so it was a intellectual match made in heaven. We, we've been waiting for this interview, and Floyd, welcome to Sex Help with Carol the Coach. Well, well Carol, thank, thank you very much, Um I thank you very much for having me on the show. I've been looking forward to it. I know we had to reschedule it one time, and then we had some technical difficulties. So I think this, as you said, it is a divine match. It was meant to happen this show. So I'm excited and looking forward to our, our conversation. 
Yeah, I was telling Floyd, I put him on for yesterday. I got him scheduled for yesterday. And then I had to find three hours to do a disclosure. And Floyd understood that that was really top priority to help this couple share their entire truth with each other. So thank you, Floyd. That's what I did yesterday morning. But here we are Sunday morning talking about your book. And this is really an interesting book. Why your man will not stop cheating until he does this. So, Floyd, tell us a little bit about the book, a little bit about your life, and what made you write it. Okay, sure. Well, the book, the title itself, um, it it, it came to me when I was, I was pondering on a few things. You know, I started, I started writing the book, and initially, I did not have a title. I was trying to think, and then I thought about my particular life and my struggles which was the motivation for the book itself. And I thought about what was it that made me stop a lot of the running around, uh, not being faithful, uh, and things like that. And then the title, Why Your Man Will Not Stop Cheating Until He Does This, that title then came to me because to me, Carl, I said, well, first and foremost of any type of issue you have, you know, from preaching to the choir, Mm. is acknowledgement. You know, is acknowledgement. So that's where that title came from, the acknowledging, first and foremost, the issue was with me. It was not in the women. Mm-hmm. There was no shortcomings that the women had. You know, the issue was with Floyd Potts. Mm-hmm. So that's where that title came from, you know. In terms of my life, um, another motivating factor was that I had gotten a divorce, second marriage, unfortunately, and relocated here to Atlanta from the Philadelphia, Pennsylvania um, area. I am a native New Yorker, and I lived in, in Philly, that area, for some time. Mm-hmm. Came here, and I initially had three of my sons that came with me, so I was a single dad at that particular time frame. Uh, one of those sons, after about two years, he, he decided to go back uh, to be with his mom in Philly. So as I had the two younger ones here, it, it, it allowed me to do a lot of self-reflecting. You know, I had been married twice. Um, I had two women that did have my back. And the issue was, as a, as a man, I was trying to figure out why is it that I'm having an issue with really being a committed man in a relationship, being a husband. I didn't really know what it was to be a husband, and truth be told, uh-huh. I didn't really know what it was to be a man in a real committed, true one-on-one relationship, getting to know that woman and understanding her needs whether they were uh, emotional, mental, financial, physical, whatever they were, mm-hmm. sexual, and being just myself and just her. So I, I started examining myself. So I look back, the book goes back to 1978. Mm-hmm. That's where it starts at, when I was on Wall Street. And I brought it forward to 2004. Okay. I wrote the book in May of 2008, but those four years I was pondering, you know, what's going on with me? Why? Because I saw the issue was me, it wasn't them. So that's where I was at with that. And then after I started examining it, I noticed I had a pattern that I would I would meet women who, truth we told, were minding their own business. I was already married, so I shouldn't have been out there meeting any women from that standpoint. And then play the game, the dating game, this, that, and the other. And then it seemed like, um, you know, my main goal, as I, as I really reflected, seemed to be just sex. And then as I reflected even on that, during that time frame, uh, Carol, I noticed there was no fulfillment after the initial um, engagement. And then in addition to that, 
I started feeling miserable. And I said, wow, this seems almost like an addiction. It, I'm doing some things at times that I, I say, man, after it would take place, I'm going to ask myself, boy, what are you doing? And then once again, from 78, 1978 to about 2004, I would say that, but I did. I took no action. I still did not acknowledge what the real issue was until 2004. I got down here as a single dad, and as I was saying, started self-reflecting and started really examining Floyd. Right. You know, and and I like stepped outside myself, and that's when that's what prompted me to write the book, and that uh, that was my story. That's you know part of my story as well, regarding the energy behind that book and 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 the title. Well, that makes a lot I think of you had a sense. Third question. Did I answer the third question as well? You, you, well, you sure did. You know, the truth is <laughs> that you, when you don't know, you don't know. And so you began to see a pattern, and you were insightful enough to start looking into that. And, you know, part of addiction is that you can stay in denial and not even know you're lying to yourself and not look at the pattern. But after a couple of if you will, sales relationships, and after a couple of kids that you were actually nurturing and loving, you decided that you needed to interrupt your normal pattern and and look at what you could do to both create an attachment with somebody and perhaps to attach to yourself. Correct. Mm Mm-hmm. So how'd you do it? Said, you know, your book says, how do you stop cheating? Well, it's once you know this. What is the this? I think that this is for me. For, for me, that this was that it was that it was not healthy what I was doing. It wasn't this. Um, and I even in, in the forward in the book I talk about it. It wasn't this bravado. Mm-hmm. It wasn't this. Well, you're a man, so this is what men do. Mm-hmm. Because for me, for the longest. I, I, I had a, and I still have a magnetism that drew people, but I was misusing that magnetism, mm-hmm. I, it, you know. So for me, that this was acknowledging, and the other thing I want to say, Carl, you kind of hit on a little bit with the nurturing. Mm-hmm. The other thing that made me do a lot of self-reflecting is the fact that I had my sons, now I'm a single dad, and they were looking at what I was doing a little bit closer because mom was living in Pennsylvania, so it wasn't like I can be with them for a weekend and then they would mom the rest of the days or I would have them the five days and then they would mom the two days. They were around me the whole time with the exception of summertime and Christmas while they were coming up. They're adults now. Uh-huh. So that being the case, it, that's what really made me also understand that they're going to follow suit. So if I'm down here now in Georgia continuing, continuing in that pattern, mm-hmm. they may end up following that same pattern. So the, the this was, hey, Floyd, the issue is you. Mm-hmm. The, the issue is you. It, 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 there's always going to be beautiful women, so couldn't blame it on that. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be a woman with a nice body, sounds nice, couldn't blame it on that. It was none of that. For me, the issue was was me. So then the thing is, what I was going to do about it. And so what was your plan? Because, you know, it might have been a religious group. It might have been a 12-step group. It might have been rehab, what did you do to gain the support to actually learn how to manage this compulsivity, this addiction? Yeah, it was actually, um, I, I, I am a praying man. I do have strong faith. I am a praying man. Mm-hmm. You know, I have strong faith. Mm-hmm. 
I'm going to say it goes back to 1978 because in 1978 I was also doing some other things. You know, I was involved smoking cigarettes and some other things I was doing. And I read a book then by uh, Norman Vincent Peale talking about the results of positive thinking. Mm -hmm. So as I came forward and I let go of some things then, but I did not let go of this this sexual addiction because at that point, naturally, I'm 18. I don't I didn't know it grew and it manifested. So in 2004, during that time frame. I've always been a self-help person. When I go to the library, I look for the Napoleon Hill books. I look for the books that deal with taking a step back. So it wasn't a 12-step program I was involved in. It wasn't any, any group like that. I was involved in ministry in the church, okay? Um, but I, I, and I was teaching a discipleship class there, but it had nothing to do with addiction. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to say for me, I, I'm going to say it's a close relationship with, 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 with the Most High God, number one and understanding that if it is to be, it truly is up to me. So the self-reflection, taking a step back, and then once again, looking at my sons, my motivating factor, in addition to wanting to be healed myself and not just, you know, because I, I had a desire to be a successful husband. Right. You know, I had a good role model in my mother and my stepdad, so I wanted to be a successful husband. I knew as I was, I could not even be a successful Boyfriend, and make no mistake, I'm still working on myself. I still have a lot of stuff I have to, you know, I have to deal with. Well, you reminded me of our conversation. Floyd was, so Floyd was an Uber, and um, we're sitting there, and he talks about personal life coaching, which is obviously the inspiration you've gotten from Napoleon Hill and Peel and all those people. And I said, oh, Floyd, I'm, I'm a coach, too. And then he said, oh, what do you coach? And that's when I said, sex addiction. I go, oh, Floyd, don't think anything about this, but I coach sex addicts and partners. And that's when he said, oh, my gosh, I wrote this book. So I'm thinking about how you told me that. And you obviously have a good relationship with your higher power, God. And yet I'm I'm believe in that what I know about sex addiction is that it's usually whether it's male or female they're looking for something they don't have inside and they're looking for something risky novel taboo and it's the pursuit it's the hunt and then once they get it oftentimes they're on to something else is that what happened to you it, it, it is and I and, and um and I'm glad you brought that up because for me, with once again in self-reflection, I started understanding that see, I grew up um, growing up in Brooklyn. As I say, I'm a New Yorker, native New Yorker. Mm -hmm. Growing up in Brooklyn, uh, you know, as a kid, we we and I'm a kid of the '70s. You know, mm -hmm. my friends, most of them had girlfriends when we were teenagers, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I was always the person, more so, was the brainiac in and, and, and looked somewhat good, but I was very, very shy. Right. I was very shy, and because I looked different than a lot of other people that were there, I was always asking questions, different questions that, as a child. I felt, um, didn't really understand it, but as I got older, I came to understand that I had developed low self-esteem and inferiority complex. Oh, okay. okay. Right. So all, so all of a sudden, I turned 18, 19. Uh, my mentor was a gentleman in New York, got me a job on Wall Street. And at that time, I got exposed to women where I didn't have to talk. They did a lot of talking for me. So I developed confidence. I started doing a lot of reading, spending a lot of time in the library, and I developed a conversation. 
Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And in that conversation, I started dealing with a lot of women, but what I never really dealt with was the low self-esteem. Mm-hmm. So in self-reflection, again, I believe for me, the 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 going out and, and, and dealing with a lot of women and, and, and the sex addiction was a way of, of trying to validate myself, but also in a way to anesthetize myself from the hurt that I was still dealing with, mm-hmm. having that low self-esteem and hiding it mm-hmm. behind the sexual addiction. It never, it wasn't until once again I got here and I really started start looking at self and understanding. I said, well, your, your main issue, dude, was that you don't love yourself. Right. That was the main issue. You really don't love yourself, so you've been trying to hide that mm-hmm. by really hurting a lot of women. You know, running around with a lot of women, a lot of, you know, sex, 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 letting that be my motivating factor for life. And it wasn't until I, I really understood the main issue was lack of self-love. And then also the low self-esteem having come up and, and um, feeling to an extent that I didn't get the attention I thought I should have gotten. When, in all honesty, when I look back, I got too much attention, to be honest. Okay. Um, I'm, Le- I'm Leo Alliance, I think, to an extent. I really thought the world centered around me. And because I didn't really see that I was getting a lot more attention than I thought I got. Right. I, like I said, developed these different, uh, these different issues, low self-esteem and inferiority complex. And, and when, um, I guess when I came into my own as an 18, 19-year-old on Wall Street there among adults, it, um, that's when things started really manifesting themselves in terms of the going out there and, and trying to hide the self-hatred, I would call it, mm-hmm. and the, the not really loving self deeply, trying to hide that by a lot of sex, a lot of, you know, just a lot of, uh, just, and, and, and it wasn't until years later when I realized, like I said, 2004, coming down here, that, man, this, this, this sounds like an addiction. Right. And so, obviously, you got to know yourself, but in addition to that, did you use any support groups? Any support systems? I did. I did not. And the reason being is, I, um, because once again, my my, I've always been that self help type guy. Mm-hmm. I can say like this. Let me take that back, right? I and mean, I'm and I'm kind of pulling from Napoleon Hill's book, Think and Grow Rich, in terms of when he talks about a mastermind group. Right. And he talks about sometimes, some cases, the mastermind group. You may not necessarily have. Hey, I lost your volume. I don't know what's it's your Zoom volume. Hang tight. I've lost your volume. Let me let me mute you for a second, and then let me unmute you because I want to I want to hear how you did this. Let me do this too. We may have to use. Let's try it again. Can you hear me now? I can hear you better, but not quite as loud. Bear with me one second. Let me do this. All right. Yeah, you know, sometimes this Internet doesn't always work. What about now, Carol? Needs to be bumped up. I mean, it's just like it took over. It just. Can you hear me now? Yeah, that's good. Okay. Excellent. So what I was saying, I didn't have a physical in terms of, you know what? You're going back out. Come back in your Zoom and let's try it again. You just leave the Zoom and come on back. 
Yeah, so Floyd obviously is getting ready to tell us what he used. Now, here's the unusual part. You know my take on this. You can't do it by yourself. And I think he's going to tell us that he bettered himself by looking at um, coaching. You know, we're doing that self-esteem work that's so important to improve, um, gosh, that woundedness inside, um, that self-loathing that can occur from sexual compulsivity. And so I'm thinking that that is what Floyd's going to tell us when he returns. Um, Can you hear me now? Perfect. Yeah. Excellent. Like when the plan comes together. So what I was saying was that – in the Pony Hills book, he talks about a mastermind group, and he says sometimes you don't have those physical people with you. So from a spiritual standpoint, you have to act as if you do have that group around you. You're getting feedback from the nationalities that people you want to be in harmony with, but they don't. you don't want amen men and amen women. Mm-hmm. So for me, to an extent, I had that and that with the self-reflection and prayer and, and just really um, asking for divine guidance. Mm-hmm. Also, I will say this as well. I understand that when you get rid of one habit, you normally want to pick up a better one. Mm-hmm. Mine has always been fitness and working out, uh-huh. Carol. So that, that has helped me as well. Um, I'd imagine by default some people have been my my um, support group without knowing it. When I was involved in ministry, we talk about different things, but I did not have a dedicated group specifically for, hey, this issue. I did have men's groups. A lot of cases, I was the keynote speaker in those in those groups, but I also understand, Carl, that sometimes the message is for the messenger. Mm-hmm. So as I, you know what I mean. So as I was speaking to those groups, I know by default I felt like God was also saying that actual message is for you, Floyd, not for them. Well, and so Floyd, do you count days? Do you know how many days, months, or years you got of sobriety? I could probably take back to two thousand and four. I'm going to go to 2004 okay. because it was in, at the, I'll say 2004 because um, at that point, that's when I came into the full awareness that it wasn't this, you know, you're the man, Floyd, so this is why all these women are draped over you, but it was, no, you're not the man, Floyd. The issue is mm-hmm. you've got to feel it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's an issue that must be dealt with. So I'd say 2004. Well, and in the book, you talk about the fact that you take your message to churches all over. Um, tell us about that. So at one point, I was actively involved in, in, in churches here in Atlanta, Georgia. It was a few that I was involved in, mm-hmm. and I was normally either um, one or two I was involved in the inside ministry teaching the discipleship class, and there was another one I was involved with the outreach ministry. Okay. And, and then also... Not just that, as you know, because I still do Uber. I still do Uber. We had a conversation. I think I said a lot of times when I'm doing Uber, it ends up being a counseling session. Right. Because I may get young men, and a lot of times it's to young men from my standpoint, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And they may ask questions. Every now and then I get young ladies will sit in the back seat, and they say, may I ask you a question? Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, and it's normally related to relationships. Some deal they're dealing with with their I may have just picked them up, and they're coming from their boyfriend's house. Right. And there's some challenges they're dealing with. And then so we, we end up having a conversation. So that ministry, it, it, it started uh, there in the church in terms of the, 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 this conversation here. Right. By default, I say by default. Mm-hmm. But it, it ended up stretching beyond 
the building and being, like I said, with the Uber, if, I, if I'm out and about, you know, I coached basketball here for some time when I first got down here, dealing with youth and sometimes their fathers mm-hmm. would come and we would start having conversations. And with those conversations, certain things would come up. And so I think, wow, okay, that's the whole purpose of person's son being on my team mm-hmm. because the father's dealing with an issue and not really understanding it. Mm-hmm. So it, 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 though it started, it started with me as an individual in 2004, the acknowledgement. Mm-hmm. And when I was involved in the church, I was, you know, I was, I was, I was doing a whole lot of speaking, um, ministering to men and then women as well at some point with the discipleship classes and then being involved in other areas, outreach as well. But then, like I said, then it starts stretching out into the street, people out encounter. I'd be on the train sometime and people would just walk up to me and start talking. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I say, wow, this is this is obviously an opportunity here to um, hear what they what's going on with them, and then if I'm able to give legitimate input, give it. If I'm not, I'm, I'm not I'm not going to give the input if I don't have anything that can help you. Well, that makes sense. It's like you don't push yourself on anybody, and um, I really respect that. And you are just a friendly, friendly, likable guy. There's no doubt about it. So it's easy to open up to you. Now, I was telling my listening audiences when you left and came back that I ascribe to most men need, and women, but right now we'll talk about men, you know, they need that support group. They need a guide or a mentor or a sponsor. They need something to read that helps to heal the wounding either from the compulsivity or before the compulsivity, they need a fellowship, and and then they need an expert. You know, they need somebody who's certified in this, so they'll give them good advice. Okay. Are you saying you didn't have any of those, and you got healthy? Well, I had no expert. I had no. I guess the expert was in the mirror, mm-hmm. um, because mm-hmm. the expert the expert had lived it for about twenty years, so he was in the mirror. Right. The, the certifications. I always say, well. Before there was a certification, how did the first person heal? Mm-hmm. For me, it always comes back to, and that's why, once again, the t- this beautiful segue, mm-hmm. the title of the book, Why Your Man Will Not Stop Cheating Until He Does This, because this is what? You have to change it. Because even with the experts, even with the counseling, even with the 12 steps, even with all the, the, the different ideologies that are out there regarding it, mm-hmm. until you, the individual, understand that the issue is with you, mm-hmm. all in the world can't help you. I liken it to the woman or the guy who buys the treadmill, who buys everything you see on TV, just dealing with fitness. You go to their house and it's, they use it to, to hang clothes on. Uh-huh. Um, because you, you still have to take this first step. You still have to take the first step. So I'm going to say this. Um, once again, because I am a praying man. I am a praying man. Uh-huh. And I do a lot of meditating. Mm-hmm. And then like for me, that main motivating fact was now I have my two youngest sons who, no matter what, they would stick with dad. I still have one who's still down here, right? My 30 Right, right. But, so they were looking at what dad was doing. They were listening to what dad is saying. Mm-hmm. So it, 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 I can say indirectly they were a support group. They were almost like um, by default helped me and then like I said when when I looked at I lost a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean I had I was married twice, 
Um, I lost properties, and not so much to the, the result of the divorce and, you know, ex-wife getting properties. I lost properties. I lost resources. I lost money because of the addiction. So right. for me, when I, when I look back on my life, I'm 62 years old now. And when I look back on all I lost, I said, man, that was, these were the, you know, I'm involved with a lovely lady right now, and she always says choices for it, choices, choices you make. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I think back on those choices, and those choices were predicated by that addiction that at the time I did not know it was an addiction because, once again, most men are, are, are you think about it, right? Mm-hmm. When you have a little boy, some some women may walk up to you and say, "Man, he's a, he's a looker. He's gonna be the ladies are gonna he, you know he's gonna be a lady killer." Mm-hmm. But if you have a little girl, they may say, "Well, she's probably gonna be a doctor. She's probably gonna she's she most of academic is thrown toward her." But with the male, or not, so we have grown up and groomed to think we're supposed to be dealing with a whole lot of women, and if we don't do that, there's something wrong with that. And it turns out, the whole ideology of dealing with a whole lot of women there's a pro- that's where the real problem is. That a lot of us don't understand it. Until we take that step and really examine itself. Got it. Well, you're an incredible guy, and you've got a real passion for people, and you've really got a good heart. And this book is a way. It's a wake up call. It's to help men understand that they need to uh, heal the wounds and improve the self esteem and get get right with their higher power. And you're not telling them what to do, but by example, you're leading them. The Floyd Talks, I just really appreciate the fact that you're doing such good work, and uh, it was no accident that we met. I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, so tell everybody your podcast. How can they find you on Blog Talk Radio? So I'm actually going to, that one, it was the Floyd Pot show. I had it on for about 11 years. And then this year, I actually decided I'm going to, I put it on the back burner for a little bit and starting back in February of 2023. Okay. I'm bringing it back on, but it's not going to be called the Floyd Pot show. Okay. It's going to be called a moment of reflection. Huh. So it's going to be called a moment of reflection. What I would do, I would send you an email. That way, uh, if you're, you're listening, always feel like to check that out as well. Okay. And when I launch it, but it's going to be February of 2023 when I bring that one back on. I mean, all my old segments are still archived. Mm-hmm. Uh, they look at the Floyd Potts show. They're still archived. The old, the old shows. I think the last one I did there, Carol, this year was had to be. But, but, but let's call it. Let's call it June. Mm-hmm. June. Around June. Okay. But, but February 2023, mm-hmm. a moment of reflection. And I'm making it that because when I even looked at my life, I think the Floyd Potts show. Plus, plus I had I had some some inspiration as well. As I was saying, I'm, I'm involved with a lovely woman, and some things that the Floyd Potts show, and she and I were speaking, she said, you know what, that show was birthed out of something that was not positive. It was it was birthed out of something that was not positive. Right. So she just suggested that maybe you need to change the name. So in, in thinking, I said, you know what, let me go with it. It came to me one day, a moment of reflection, because that's the whole goal of my show anyhow. It's looking back and then also looking forward. So, But February 2023. All right. You keep me posted, and thank you so much for chatting with us today. Thank you as well. And the book can still be purchased on Amazon. It is still on Amazon. Okay. 
Okay. And remember, that book is called Why Your Man Will Not Stop Cheating and he, Until He Does This. Yes. Thank you, Floyd. You take her easy and make it a great day. God bless you as well. And once again, to you and your listening audience, Carol, thank you for indulging me today and having me on your show, all right? Oh, it's a deal. We appreciate you. Bye-bye. God bless. God bless. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. Okay, so that was Floyd Pops, and obviously he's got a message for the world, and um, it was just very, very, very ironic. You know, I'm, I'm not afraid to say what I do. I do that a lot. But the truth is, for him to have said, I've written a book, was just absolutely amazing. All right, now speaking of amazing, before Christmas, the holidays can be rough. I want you to take a lot of special care. And um, really, if you're an addict and in a relationship, try to make her feel safe. If you're an addict and you're not in a relationship, create a lot of extra fellowship this week. And if you're a partner and um, you're listening to the show, I want you to practice mindfulness and really give back to you. And we're going to see you soon, uh, next week, for Sex Health with Carol the Coach. Make it a good one. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.